Hey there, Story Sister. Welcome back to another episode of the Power Your Platform podcast. In today's episode, I'm interviewing a gifted designer who has combined her passion for fashion with her love of the planet. Originally from the Bay of Quinte region, Heather Case studied fashion design at Fanshawe College in London, Ontario. She went on to intern with Canadian designer Lida Bidet and worked with the company Pre-Loved in Toronto before opening her own custom design studio in Prince Edward County. After a few years of gaining knowledge of fit techniques and pattern development and a growing attachment to natural textiles, Heather eventually launched her own sustainable line of women's apparel, fittingly named Heather Case Handmade Clothing. Today, Heather prides herself on creating fashions that are wearable, sustainable, and Canadian-made. I'm also proud to say that she's one of my incredible coaching clients. In today's conversation, Heather and I talk about how to curate an eco-friendly closet, as well as how collaboration can be a catalyst for growth. We also discuss Heather's own story, as well as side hustles, markets and pop-up events, not to mention the benefits of finding your own business coach. And be sure to stick around right to the end of today's episode. That's when I'll be sharing my top 10 takeaways from today's interview. I'll also be posting those same takeaways inside our free Power Your Platform Facebook group. So I hope you'll join me there after the show. Just click on the link in the show notes and we'll see you there. For now, let's hit the runway and talk sustainable fashion with Heather Case. Welcome to Power Your Platform, the podcast for women who are building bold story brands. I'm your host and story coach, Carrie Ramsey. Each week, we'll explore big ideas about brand building and shine a spotlight on courageous women just like you who are owning their story following their purpose, and changing the world. Whether you're a story starter, a story builder, or a story pro, this podcast is for you. I'll help you move your mindset from uncertain to unstoppable and provide you with the storytelling tools you need to make a real impact. Because we all have a story to tell, and somewhere someone is waiting to hear yours. Join us each week for inspiring interviews, aha moments, and step-by-step action plans that will provide the framework to help you create your very own purpose-driven platform. Are you with me? All right, it's time to power up. Hey there, Heather, and welcome to the Power Your Platform podcast. It's so awesome to have you with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. And one of the reasons is that, of course, you and I have known each other for a number of years now, and I've just been watching you reinvent the local fashion scene in such an exciting way, doing different things that have been done before. And so tell us a little bit about yourself and the business that you run today. 
Okay, so my name is Heather Case, and that is also the name of my business. Well, Heather Case Handmade Clothing, and uh, I'm I'm from Belleville and uh, the local area. I grew up in Wellington, actually, and yeah, so I make and sell sustainable women's clothing online, and I'm working on growing that business right now. And I should mention, I bought one of your rompers. It was probably a couple summers ago. I can't believe how time flies. And just one of the most cozy, comfortable summer things that I've had to play around in. And I did. I found it very playful. And I know that you use this word wearable when it comes to your fashions. Can you explain what you mean by wearable? Because I certainly have found that to be true. So I think the wearable in clothing and fashion means that, you know, it's something that fits into your lifestyle. So it's a piece that you can wear multiple ways, um, you know, something that you're reaching for over and over again that, um, you know, you just love. You can wear it with your favorite jeans or your favorite skirt or, you know, just it's multi it's not a fad, you know, it's, it's multi-purpose. <laughs> Maybe that's not the coolest word, but you know, it, that's wearable, right? Yeah. And you're right. It, go, it can move. Some of the pieces definitely move from season to season. Although I know that you also have, you know, certain fashion lines that are more for winter. And of course we're recording this uh, during the winter. So I think it's really all about cozy right now, um, which is really exciting. And people can check that out on the website that we're going to provide in the show notes. But tell us about this other aspect as well of your business, which is the sustainability aspect. That is to me very exciting. Tell us about what that means for you and for the fashion line that you're creating. Well, sustainability is hugely important to me. It always has been. I, I remember when I was young and um, I, I loved fashion magazines and I remember seeing these articles starting to come out and I think it was Flair or... I can't remember, but, you know, they started talking about how, you know, what's bad for the earth and what's good for the earth. And it just, it really resonated with me and I latched onto it. So when I started designing clothing and um, I, I was already really attracted to sustainable fabrics, linen, anything that's going to break back down into the earth, because, you know, we only have one and we shouldn't be leaving anything behind. And, and I'm sure most people have heard, you know, the world of fashion and textile waste is incredibly insane. It just, it shouldn't be there. So um, anyway, sustainability is a huge part of my business. Um, also sourcing fabrics as locally as possible. And, you know, which uh, I get most of my fabrics milled in BC. Um, we're really limited in Canada. So and I'm looking, you know, as my business grows here shortly, I'm looking to keep it local and hire local women, you know, so there's less of a footprint of shipping, you know, shipping here and there and emissions, etc. So, yeah, that's awesome. And you know what, I always learn something when I talk to you, and I didn't even realize that there were certain fabrics that didn't break down. And there were, are there are fabrics that do. So that's really interesting to me as yeah. well. It's a big and, science. Fabric is a big science. <laughs> yeah. And so where did you learn this? Like if someone's listening right now and they're like, oh, I'm really interested in finding out more about this, you know, like how did you uh, facilitate your own education around this? Well, I went to, fa I went to fashion design college. I went to, I took a program uh, at Fanshawe College. It was a three year and there was a big textile science um, portion of that. 
but it's only just learning on my own and, and just through science and, you know, seeing what's coming up on the internet and, you know, what, what people are figuring out, you know, some fabrics break down easier than others. They're more sustainable than others. But then of course there are the man-made fabrics that are entirely, you know, you might as well be walking around wearing a plastic bag. Mm, yeah. They're literally made of plastic. So let me ask you, so if I'm understanding right, if it's a natural fabric, like if it was a wool, that would break down naturally, I assume. Oh my gosh, wool is the most beautiful natural fabric. Mm -hmm. Wool and linen, absolutely. You know, they will, they are the strongest fibers and they will last for a very long time under, you know, heat, cold, water pressure, tension. But um, at the end of the day, you know, if you put them into the earth or into a compost or whatever, they will eventually break down. There won't be anything left, you know, within a matter of years whereas like you know polyester jacket or something it's going to be around for a really really long time it's that's an aha moment for me because i did not realize that that to me is fascinating so i could just talk about that for a while but let's let's loop back to what you mentioned as well of course your fabrics are sourced in canada so uh that's another thing that you stand on this idea of you know the local um local economy as you mentioned as well as the canadian economy which i think is is amazing. And of course, since we've been in this pandemic, there certainly has been this realization that we do need to find suppliers within Canada. And Absolutely. yeah. And so what is the impact of that been? You mentioned that sometimes it's harder to find those suppliers, but in terms of the relationships that you're developing, what has that been like? Uh, it's been really good again um, until the pandemic hit. And then there was a backlog of, um, shipping you know even right now i'm waiting on some new cozy fabrics some french uh, french terry and they it's all shipped sitting in ports because it's coming from bc and they you know the floods and everything. anyway also pandemic related things so it has made a big impact um i'm just a small fry in a big pool of really great sustainable brands sustainable clothing brands that are are happening in canada so you do have you do have to keep an eye on designed in Canada and made in Canada, because those are two different things. But um, for the most part, there is this, there is one company, there's two companies really in Canada that um, you can source wholesale fabrics from. And um, one of them is very, very sustainably focused. So Mm. yeah, it's really good to have that. Mm -hmm. And so obviously all that we're talking about right now also links back to this notion of collaboration, because I know that you collaborate certainly with, with suppliers, with, you know, all of the industry itself, but then on a local level, what I love, and I think how we had connected initially was through the collaborations you're doing on a local level. So can you talk to us about the side hustle market, what that is and how it came to be? Um, number one, I love collaboration. Like it's collaborating with anybody on any level is just, it's opens your mind. You get, you know, new ideas and you can promote each other and boost each other. And, um, it's just a really wonderful feeling when you get to do that. So side hustle came to be, um, a few years ago, so I'd done the Wellington market a couple times uh, in 2018, and you know it's a great market to be a part of. And I thought I was just looking around, and I was thinking, you know, Belleville, Hastings, that like this, you know, the greater area beyond just PEC has a lot to offer. And um, our local farmers market is pretty full. Wellington market is pretty full. So 
I approached um, Laura Voskamp at the break room because I knew that she was uh, selling thrift and growing that business. And we chatted a little bit um, about doing a sustainable market. And it kind of fell by the wayside. And then one day she called me up and she said, hey, I have another thrifter. Let's sit around, let's get together and talk about this. And that's when I met Kylie, who is my partner, Kylie O'Coin. And um, we just started reaching out to local people that we were seeing on Instagram. So obviously Instagram and has been, and Facebook, you know, social media has been huge for growing any sort of collaborative business. Um, and we just, we just took off with it, you know, it, and now we are, we are having markets almost every weekend when the weather is good, April to December. <laughs> And uh, we have local businesses that are, are that business side hustle is growing and local businesses are reaching out to us to bring this market to them. And one of the cool things I know as uh, someone who attends these side hustle markets is that you learn about new businesses you had no idea were right in your own backyard. And I think that that's such an important part of this type of a collaborative event is because as you mentioned, you might know of a few folks, but then you're like, you're introduced to new brands and new, mostly women, but also men behind the brands as well. We which, would love to have more men. It's a little yeah. difficult to find the guys. Yeah. And it's, it's a community. It's become a community, hasn't it? And I think that that's really to your credit and Kylie's as well, that you're creating this community of creatives and um, it's, it just has this overflow effect that other people attend and they're inspired to maybe start their own side hustle. So, Absolutely. yeah. And then, and then you see these, like, we've seen all these amazing, um, friendships and collaborations form through side hustle, you know, like people that didn't know each other until they started coming out to the market. And we've got some of our vendors that are, you know, just, they come all the time. They're super supportive and they, they love and see what we're doing. Um, and you know my partnership with Kylie is amazing. I love her to death. It's uh, it's it's been a, a really great experience. Well, together you two are just so creative, and I think that sometimes it's wonderful to have a collaborator to work with because again, one person can't be on all the time. Sometimes you're like just feeling exhausted, and that other person picks it up a little bit. Yeah. And so looking for collaborators within your own region or even online, like you said, you look to Instagram even to find folks to be a part of the community. I think that that's a real opportunity we have right now with the virtual access that we have for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially during the pandemic, because we started doing virtual markets. We, we figured out a way to do virtual markets to our Instagram, which is like literally unheard of. So <laughs> we, we um, and I have to give Kylie more credit for this because she was a little more on the technical end and ripping her hair out, but you know what, we did it. And it was ama an amazing way to get, you know, people, everybody's locked down and we're at home and people are, you know, their creative juices are really turning now because what else are they doing, right? So. Um, and a nice way for them to make a little bit of money and get themselves out there. So we started doing these virtual markets and um, that that's just, that's turned out really, really well too. And so. just to describe what that looks like, I, I certainly attended some of those virtual markets as well during those lockdown times, I remember. And if I recall correctly, it was mostly on Instagram stories where people basically had access to the side hustle market account for you know, a period of time, whether it was, I think it was like 20 minutes or maybe 30 minutes. And then they, they just basically got up and they talked about, Hey, here's this item and here's this item. And of course you could just click on their Instagram 
to purchase it, which actually there was no money in between for you guys. You basically just sort of shared the stage with your, uh, your community. And again, I think that that's so important because, you know, it's, it's those times when we need each other that the people we remember are the ones that stood up and said, Hey, come on in, you know, I get it. And sure. We all need to have someone do that for us because we're not all the strong person every day. There's no way we can be, but boy, do we remember the people that stood up and said, Hey, you know, let's just do a virtual hug right now. Cause sometimes that's what it feels like when somebody sees you, when you feel invisible. Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. And we knew that we had this thing, this really great thing started, you know, with this market and, you know, we were, we were doing anything we could to not let it go. Right. Yeah. Um, And it would ended up being the perfect tool uh, to do that. And also it's so great because, you know, social media is so interactive. So if you are doing a live video, people are on there and they're like, I love that. It's beautiful. And it's getting that extra boost, right. That you need, like, while you're at home and you're like, Oh, you know, people love my stuff. And they, you can see the hearts flying everywhere. And (laughs) it is, it's, it's virtual. And yet it's real because there are real people behind those comments. And like you say, it's such a supportive community. So let me just shift back to Heather Case Handmade Clothing right now, because of course, in terms of collaboration, you are also using, I would say, a marketing tool, which I always admire when people do this, which is pop-up events for your own clothing line. And I know that that takes collaboration because you're popping up, let's say, in local stores or local venues. Um, Do you want to tell us just a little bit about that? Because I don't know that everyone understands what a pop-up event is and how it can benefit specifically if you do not have your own bricks and mortar space. So you have sort of been piggybacking and collaborating. Can you explain how that has helped you and benefited you as a fashion designer? Absolutely. So pop-ups are when you can take you, you're collaborating with an actual, um, with a business that is a brick and mortar business, right? So an established store and you can take your things in there and hang out for the day. And, you know, if you have your, if your business is mostly focused online, um, it gives you the opportunity to get in front of people and talk to people and show them and let people touch, touch your thing. Like, you know, like, especially with clothing, like it's very tactile. People want to know it's soft. They want to know it's stretchy and you know, all those things. So I have been doing some pop-ups locally with um, Pure Honey Boutique downtown, Jessica Barclay. She's just a, the sweetest, sweetest, most supportive girl, I, I woman. Um, and I really enjoyed spending a couple Saturdays with her. It's been bringing back my old retail experiences <laughs> from high school. So it's really fun. Um, and, you know, I have also was at, I was also at Mindful Movements uh, a couple weekends ago with my cozy collection, which fits, fits right in with that, um, that whole brand, you know, the sustainable, cozy, stretchy uh, yoga. Well, it's for everybody really, but you know what I mean. So yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Mindful Movements is a yoga studio. And so I think that was so creative. When I noticed you did that, you know, I thought, you know, it must take such creativity to say, this isn't, you know, a clothing store that you're doing a pop-up, but your brand fits with their clientele and it just makes sense. So to even have a fashion brand do a pop-up in a yoga studio, I think it is just so creative and um and it's a great idea for others who might be looking for similar collaborations. That's really yeah. cool. 
Well, uh, yes. And I want to say too that Kim Riley, who is the owner of Mindful Movements, she is also super supportive of local businesses and, and helping people in any way she can. Um, that was that was a really great experience. And, you know, when you can get into different venues like that, you can um, you're you're meeting with different customer bases as well. You know, yeah. so and you're and you're also sharing, hey folks, I'm at Pure Honey this week, or hey, I'm at Mindful Movement. So therefore, also those bricks and mortar are benefiting from that cross promotion right. as well. So it's really win-win. Mm -hmm. That's where the collaboration comes in. So it's uh, it's nice. I'm looking forward to doing some more this year. I'm going to um, start talking to more local stores and you know, hopefully yeah. do more pop-ups. Very and cool. Yeah. And so are there, we've talked about the pros of doing a pop-up. Are there any cons? Like what are the challenges of doing that? Uh, if you are, uh, you know, an independent business owner who's basically operates online, are there any challenges of a pop-up just to give people a, a full picture of what they should maybe anticipate and maybe something you've come across and you've overcome that obstacle somehow? I think that, I don't think there's really any disadvantages. I think you just have to be prepared. So for me, I don't, I don't normally build a stock because um, again, I don't want clothing hanging around that doesn't have any use. So I'm, I'm going through this in my brain, figuring out how to do this this year. But um, so you have to be prepared that you're going to take all these things in there and maybe they're not going to sell. So that's okay you know, that's okay. But you're still getting out there and you're still talking to people and you're still letting people know what you're doing. And um, I, yeah, I really can't think of any disadvantage mm. in another store. Yeah. Because as you're saying, if, even if that day, if the sales weren't what you thought, don't forget you've planted the seed. And, you know, especially if you're talking to the people coming in, they realize what the brand is, or you have a little business card there that they can take away so often, you know, we just plant the seeds and the, and then they grow a little bit later. And, and we have to sometimes be playing the long game for that purpose. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. You know, um, it, it, it just takes, um, yeah, some planning. <laughs> for sure. So you and I have worked together before in a coaching capacity as well. So I just thought I'd touch on that today as well, because there's so many business owners like yourself who are solopreneurs and they are I, even if you've been in business for years, sometimes you're like, oh my goodness, if I have one more meeting with myself, I think I'm going to lose it. <laughs> now, and so you are a collaborator, as you've already said, but you know, even when it comes down to business decisions for yourself, I was just curious if you could um, talk to us about why would you be interested in reaching out to a coach in the first place? And then maybe what some of the benefits are of doing that type of activity. So I'm, I feel for me, I feel like I'm on the cusp of something with my business and I just, um, I loved meeting with you and I just, I've always thought about it. It's always been in my mind. And I thought, you know, I just, I want to talk to Carrie because, you know, it, I just knew I needed to talk to you and you, the benefit of co doing the coaching sessions with you is that you like take me out of my own mind. So you can look at what, my business is and, and suggest, why don't you try this? Why don't you try this, right? It's a fresh set of eyes so you can see things that I'm probably not seeing because I'm, I'm so wrapped up in it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, 
Yeah, and sometimes I've heard the saying that like you can't see, you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. So it's like almost getting outside of it and and looking at it from a new perspective. Absolutely, that's exactly it, right? And then like the suggestions we talked about for how to grow um, my brand and how to interact with my audience more. All these things that I'm still working on, they are going to happen. <laughs> and but- it's a long game. I always tell it's like if you take a baby step, but like, if, as long as you keep looking at what the next step is, you don't have to worry about 10 years from now, my goodness, but you know, there's always something we can be doing and um, you know, something that's reasonable, just next step type moves. That's right. And, you know, even for small businesses, I just want to say that like, you know, for small businesses, we can grip pretty tightly to our finances. And I remember years ago speaking to um, another friend of mine who has a very successful business called Kick-Ass Media. And, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, Heather, at some point you're going to get to the point in your business where you are going to have, you have to get help at some point, you know, it like, I guess, depending on how far you want to take it. Right. But, you know, collaborating, find somebody to find somebody to talk to like a business coach, that's going to help you, you know, can guide you a little bit along the way. Um, maybe somebody who can help you. sew, somebody who's really good at social media, you know, those things. It's hard for small, sometimes for small business people to let go of the control. <laughs> when you're just like so tight fisted on everything that you, you know, cause it's your baby, it's your little business, but that's um, so true. It's, it's, it really is a growth thing. Yeah. And some people might be listening right now and they have a side hustle because we talked about those earlier. Of course, side hustle is sort of a term that means you're doing it on the side of your full-time employment. For some people though, they want to grow that side hustle into a full-time business and they just don't know how to do it. And so even that conversation sometimes is helpful because you, like you say, maybe that's the growth move and everyone's at a different spot. Right. And that's okay. Everyone started out with zero followers on Instagram, like every single person, <laughs> everyone started out with zero money in the bank account. And, and so it's just kind of doing that sort of um, reality check that says, okay, I'm here, but where would I like to be? You know, if I take no action today, am I going to be okay with that a year from now? That's usually the way I think about it. When for my own self, I'm like, no, I'm not okay with that because I don't want to be in the same place a year from now. <laughs> well, and you know, it's really funny that you brought that up right now because I've been really struggling with that myself in the last two weeks. Um, I've had to go back to my to a job that's a casual job, um, and there's a lot of pressure there for me to go full time into a position I really don't want to be in because it, I, it really, it literally sucks the life out of me. Yeah. And I'm at this point where my business is so exciting to me and so important to me that I'm not really, I'm not willing to let that go. Yeah. You know, I can feel it literally in my bones that I'm just, this is, this is not. Yeah. And it's always up to that business owner to say, you know, what is, I mean, and it's a risk thing as well when it's comes down to risk. I mean, women, we are generally risk averse, you know, that is tends to be how we're wired. Yeah. And sometimes that holds us back uh, for sure. Well, and risk is also associated with fear. You know, Kylie and I have conversations about this all the time. Um, risk is scary, you know, and scary and, you know, it, it can cause all these feelings of wanting to say, stay safe in your tight little box. Right. But yes, if there's no risk, there's no growth. 
Even yeah. if it's just a tiny little risk, even if it's just like a little, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I always think like, if it scares you, you have to do it, you know, yeah. do it. It's, yeah, it's that's cool. right. Right. And you talked about growth earlier and we know that growth is just what's outside your comfort zone and, mm-hmm. and comfort zones are important because they, they bring us a measure of peace and it's okay to sometimes, you know, go back into them, but every, we do need to keep like that little turtle, you know, that we do need to keep poking our head out to see, okay, what's happening. All right, let's take another move. What's something that I call slow grow. Like I'm, I'm a total believer that we don't have to be racing ahead and be like reckless and crazy with our finances or investments and all of those things. But I do think we do need to Take those little risks every day that push us forward one step at a time. That's right. They don't have to be, it doesn't have to be huge leaps of, you know, I'm going to throw my whole life savings at this tomorrow no. and no. it's going to be this great thing. It's, it's amazing. Even for my business, you know, I had a, I had a store in Picton for six years, almost seven years doing repairs and alterations. And I knew that that's, you know, it just, I knew that there was more to me that I wanted to design my own clothing. And that was five years ago. And now I'm just, you know, so it does take a while, but you have to just keep working hard at it. You yeah. Know? And if it's, if it really means something to you, it, it will happen. Absolutely. Happen. So Heather, where can people go to find out more about Heather Case Handmade Clothing? Where can they find you online? They can find me at heathercase.ca. So that's pretty easy. <laughs> and uh, on Instagram at Heather Case, I think Heather underscore on Heather underscore case um, and on Facebook, Heather Case Handmade Clothing. Awesome. And we'll make sure to link to all of those in the show notes for this episode as well. So if somebody is listening, uh, they can uh, just go to the show notes and click and find where you're at and admire this incredible fashion line that you're developing. And I am so excited to see what comes next for you, Heather, because you are, you're moving and you're an action taker and that's what sets you know, people apart from the rest when we know that, okay, it's going to be all right because action brings courage and action brings confidence. And it also brings the impact and the change that we're looking for in the world. So thank you so much for what you do. Thank you so much for the values that are embedded in this brand that you're building because it really does set you apart. Well, thank you. Thank you for chatting with me today. It's always a pleasure. All right. Enjoy your day. Thanks, Heather. So this interview pretty much has me rethinking my entire wardrobe. What about you? Thanks to Heather, I'm a lot wiser about which types of fashions are more sustainable and which ones are actually harming the planet I love. So here are my top 10 takeaways from my conversation with Heather Case. Number one, we only have one planet and we need to protect it. Number two, sourcing goods and talent locally can help reduce our business's carbon footprint while also boosting the local economy. Number three, collaboration opens your mind, gives you new ideas, and helps you reach new audiences. Number four, finding a supportive community often starts with you speaking up about what matters most to you. Number five, pop-up events are an effective way to grow your brand and extend your audience reach. Number six, 
Adopting a slow-grow approach to the way you do business can help you release unreasonable expectations and position you for steady expansion. Number seven, solopreneurs can often benefit from the insights of a coach since they bring a fresh set of eyes to your brand or business. Number eight, when you're feeling overwhelmed, remember to just take it one baby step at a time. Number nine, letting go of being in control can be really challenging for small business owners, but it also may be the step you need to take in order to ensure future growth. And number 10, risk can be scary, but it's also a necessary part of growing your business. So thanks so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share it with your followers on Instagram or Facebook. And be sure to tag us at Power Your Platform. I would love to see your big takeaways from today's episode and share them with my followers as well. Until next time, remember to own your story, follow your purpose, and raise your voice. Because the world is waiting to hear your story.